Do you want to know the difference between Botox and dermal fillers? Do you want to know the difference between thread lifts and facelifts? Do you want to know the reasons some people choose to improve their appearance with aesthetic medicine? What makes our patients and our doctors tick? Hello, and welcome to Aesthetic Medicine Uncovered. My name is Simon Ravichandran, and in this series of podcasts, we will be talking about what aesthetic medicine actually is, the procedures that we offer, what we do, and why we do it. I hope you'll find it interesting, and I hope it answers some questions you may have. This podcast is produced by the Clinetics Group, Scotland's leading multi-award winning aesthetic medical clinics. Hello again, Simon Ravichandran and Emma Ravichandran in our living room. Part two of living with the COVID crisis. Yeah, and not living with it. Well, I guess living with it, but really planning about moving forward and you know yeah. what, what we're learning from this, what we're doing, keeping sane, and uh, what we we're going to do in this session, because we cut the other one short, um, is we're going to talk about what we're doing with the clinics moving forward to see how we're going to how we're going to progress, how we're going to continue to provide a service, how we uh, how we're going to manage things and make things safe and effective for our patients and for our staff and still offer this this high quality service that we've we've become known for and that we we obviously love to deliver Mm -hmm. so we have to stay really versatile because at the moment we still really don't know when we're going to be able to open and when in fact the um the advised closure of businesses is going to be lifted in what capacity or under what restrictions we will be working. So we do have to sort of keep everything fairly versatile so that we can respond as we did from the beginning. You know, what I said to Simon today was, you know, whenever we were um, dealing with the impending crisis, we had set up a COVID sort of action team within the clinic of the directors and senior management, senior clinicians, um, to actually sort of respond to everything as it was developing. And we're kind of back at that point again where we're mm-hmm. having to sort of reassess everything on a daily basis and work out what we can do to allow us to go back to work in the clinic mm-hmm. again, as you said, in a safe way for our patients and a safe way for our staff as well. I think it's worthwhile saying then at this point that this has been recorded on Thursday afternoon, Thursday yep. evening. Day 45. Day 45. After the NHS clap, we've all been out on the street showing our support for our, our colleagues in the National Health Service. Um, I am quite aware that the doctors and nurses can't eat applause and would much rather get paid appropriately and protected, but that's for another 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 dialogue I guess yeah Uh, but I think you know it it is important to show support and solidarity but it's not only for the NHS staff it's for everybody who's working so every key worker that's true and yeah it does much more than that as well it does much more um we've we've we have a new relationship with all of our neighbors on the street which is something quite quite special really it's uh, we have a a much greater sense of community about looking out for one another which which is great Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's nice. We help each other out with shopping. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be in the same situation. We all had such busy lives before that, you know, we live in a street where there's a lot of professional 
people and we raised our hands to wave hi and goodbye and we sent each other Christmas cards but now we're on a WhatsApp group and we communicate um, through WhatsApp at least on a daily basis to make sure that everybody's mm-hmm. right and yeah that's been one of the silver clouds to certainly the COVID disaster because you know of course it's like caused absolute devastation and really terrible sadness within people's lives who have lost people but for many people it's been positive social readjustment yeah yeah anyway okay so let's uh let's move on we've got what are we doing let's let's talk through some of the things that we are considering implementing um, okay. Some of these things are 99.9% going to be implemented. Some of them maybe not because it's going to depend on a wide variety of factors. But uh, let's start with some of the things that we're, we're doing for the patients. Something that, some things that are already in place. So we've got live chat on the website. And that's still working because not all of our staff members are furloughed. We, uh, me and Emma, obviously, we're, we're working. We have key personnel and um, some key clinicians, key therapists who are still working. So the live chat is manned. Um, not 24 hours a day, but you can go onto the website, you can ask questions, and we can help you. And the sort of mm-hmm. things that we would we would want to help you with are, you know, you might have an inquiry about our opening times, when we're going to be opening up again. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Go ahead and ask that. And we, we can update that knowledge, that information frequently as, as and when we know more. If you've got an, uh, a, a skin concern or um, a, a, an issue that you would like to discuss with one of the clinics, by all means, get on that live chat. It's free. You can put your questions to the team and we will be able to give you some advice uh, over the internet. And that can, that can build up to contacts by telephone and by uh, uh, via email. So yeah. we, can, we so can do that advice. Here's the thing. A lot of people are at home. They want to have treatments. They want to have um, procedures done. They can't because the clinic's closed. Um, and a lot of people are turning to the skincare that we do and you know what the skincare the prescriptive skincare products that we sell within the clinic are prescriptive products they do actually change the skin and it's an absolutely phenomenal way to you know spend the time that we're in lockdown is actually really learning about what is going to change your skin to come out of this with like the healthiest skin that you've probably ever had whenever I do consults for people um in the clinic, you know, very often I will always say to them, listen, I would much rather you spent money on skincare as your first priority rather than having a toxin filler, a toxin or a filler um, treatment or any sort of chemical peel because what you do to your skin day in, day out is of much more long-term benefit than anything that we can do as a one-off treatment. So if you do not use skincare, please get in touch with Claire at the clinic, speak to her about your skin, send in photographs, have a consultation via a virtual consultation and get on that bandwagon while you're in lockdown. Um, and I think that's really, really important. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people have embraced it, but if they haven't, then why not? I think it's really important. But <laughs> you should. And again, you talked about our prescriptive skincare. It is prescriptive skincare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is also really, really important. The ingredients in these topicals um, are, are strong, they're potent, they will actually change the behaviour of the cells and the tissues and the skin. So what we, what we would never do is advise about a certain product range and you know, have, you, have you buy it and then say, that's, right, that's great, job done, you know, come and buy it all again in six months, because it doesn't work like that. Because as your skin changes with the products and with the way you're using them, then the skin's requirements change as well. So what we really encourage is a sort of ongoing journey and ongoing dialogue so you can get in touch 
monthly, three monthly, weekly, whatever's required and discuss what's happening with the products and what's happening with your skin mm-hmm. and we can adjust and modify the, the program accordingly to make sure that we're always doing the best thing for you, for your skin at any one particular time. Yeah, and we've also got an online service which allows you to um, purchase these products and have them delivered all being... On a next day delivery service, we can't obviously guarantee next day delivery yeah. because it's, it's a next with day the delivery courier, service. But it is a next day usually delivery it is. Ser- usually service. I, I gather usually it is next yeah. day, but a couple of times but we, it has we been. can't make guarantees because there's so many problems affecting all, you know, all all of the all the links in this. So yeah. you know, there, there may be occasions where there's a, a day or two days, or sometimes yeah. you know, a, li- a little bit of delay. Uh huh. But we have got that service available again. You can purchase pro or you can repeat purchase products but if you haven't purchased these products before you will have a telephone call from one of the uh, medical practitioners or one of the skin therapists in the clinic before those products will be dispatched to yourselves so what what other things have we done so we've done the online so we've got the online um, uh, skincare chat. product which we've got which, the, which, own, we've got the yeah. chat which is great people are using skincare it. products the skincare products which again is great people are really utilizing that service okay. so we're, we're doing well out of that yeah um, we've got the ability to put yourself on a waiting list right now. so here's the other one we've yes we've, we've set up the not virtual the real life waiting list we don't know when we're going to open let's be honest We've just been told it's going to be at least another three weeks. In reality, it's going to be longer than that. I'm sure of it. Um, we don't know what opening is going to look like. However, we have got the uh, the waiting list. So we've got the patients that we had to cancel at the last minute at the start of the lockdown. So we're going to get these patients contacted if they've not already been contacted. And we're going to book everyone back in if they still want to come in. And we've got the waiting list. So you can go onto the website and on the sliding banner at the top, I think it's the third page along, or the third banner. It's only there's only three there. There's a link that you click on. <coughs> Excuse me, and that will uh, take you to a form that you can uh, get yourself on the priority waiting list. Yeah. So you'll be amongst the first people to be contacted, or you will be the first people to be contacted when we know when we're going to open and what opening is going to look like. Now tying in from that, this is the key thing. We don't know what opening is going to look like. We've got we've got plans. We've got ideas for various various different you know um scenarios but uh, i think one really important thing that we can do that's going to cover all bases is the virtual consultation so we've set up and tested a program of virtual consultations that's face-to-face it's video consultation um, whereby you can see the therapist or you can see the one of the medical practitioners a doctor a dentist or a nurse and we can discuss face-to-face through a computer what your concerns and what your needs are. And we can talk about all the various processes, all the various treatment options, and, and come to a plan uh, what might be the, the right treatment for any one individual. Yeah. So that is going to be up and running. I think it's actually technically starting as of tomorrow. tomorrow. It is starting tomorrow. Um, and you can there's, there's two ways of accessing this. Um, first of all, uh, everyone who's on the waiting list should be getting contacted to see if they want to you know switch over to this appointment in addition to the, the real appointment. Um, and then you can also access this via the website. You can go to the contact us, book a consultation, and there should be a system set up there whereby you can you can find your slot that suits you, and you'll get the links through that'll tell you exactly what to do. And uh, when the time's there, you just sit in front of your computer, and one of us will dial in. 
yeah. at, a, at a time and a place that's convenient for you. And I think that now as a society, we're so used to communicating via Zoom or um, Face, FaceTime or you know Instagram chatting, mm. WhatsApp chatting. It doesn't or phase anybody anymore. As, yeah. as you call them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, people are, are really comfortable, I think, now talking to people, whereas yeah, they wouldn't have been in the element. past. So that's really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think people will be happier because it really minimizes the time which they have to spend in the clinic. So, of course, we want patients to come in and be used to the same amount of care and the same time spent on them. And you know what? This way we can actually provide that service or continue to provide that service because we will give them the same time yes half of it's going to be virtual but we are going to be prepared so that whenever they come in we can do the minimum amount of face-to-face time which minimizes the risk to the patients and minimizes the risk of the staff yeah so it's a question of or it's an issue of you know giving you the time that you need at a time that's convenient and safe for you and then if that translates into a clinic visit where a treatment is required then brilliant we'll arrange that and we'll arrange it so it's safe and we'll arrange it so it works for you uh, and we will reassess the treatment plan because we need to make sure it's still the right treatment plan for you when we see you and then if that's okay we can just go ahead and do that treatment and I think it's actually this is probably going to be an improvement on the actual consultation flow so this is going to actually going to work out better for our patients than the actual old-fashioned system whereby you might have come into the clinic with a lot of questions um, and then, you know, you go away at the end of it because, you know, you, you, we, we've told you all the options and it turns out that what, what you wanted, maybe what a patient wanted, isn't actually what we thought they needed. Whereas now we can actually have that discussion early on in the, in the game um, without too much inconvenience, without bringing someone into the clinic. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll help clarify um, the, the patient's position yeah, within I the journey. Yeah, I think so too. And save on wasted journeys. So I and think I'll, this is going to yeah. be a really useful tool for... Uh, not just for us, but for, for our patients as well. I also think the patients will be more comfortable having the consultation in their own home. Um, you know, they'll be more comfortable to ask questions that are relevant to them. As as you say, whenever you're put into a very strange foreign situation, sometimes you can go blank and maybe you come out and you haven't asked those questions that were really relevant. Mm. So, you know, it might work out best. So... Right, we'll move on and when the patients come in after the virtual consultation, they'll come into the clinic, we will only open, we will only be comfortable to see patients if we have adequate PPE and -hmm. if we have a system in place that we are absolutely, as a doctor and a dentist running our aesthetic clinic, that we are 100% sure that what the, the safety precautions that we've put in place are the lowest possible potential risk for our patients and for yeah. our staff as well. Yeah. So, so there's so many unknowns sure. here with regards to um, how contagious the strain of the, of the virus would be mm-hmm. um, for any one person at any given time. And there's going to be background data and figures that will help inform the way we process this. But the, the sort of the base approach, the standard approach will be that the staff will have PPE, so personal protective equipment, and from the staff that's going to mean a visor, mask, um, and gloves, and potentially a gown as well. These, uh, the, the PPE will be changed um, 
where appropriate between patients, disinfected where appropriate between patients as well to um, mitigate the risk of cross-contamination between individual patients. Patients themselves, as we were doing just before the lockdown, will be asking for our patients to uh, disinfect their hands when they come into the clinic. And there's a, there's a few other things that we're looking at. Social distancing is, is with us for, for the long term. Social distancing is going to be um, adhered to within the clinic environment as well. So that's going to make a few small changes uh, to patient flow within the clinic, but nothing that's going to be obstructive. No, I mean, I think the landscape is going to change. It's going to look different to patients. It's going to feel different to patients. We're going to try our best to still give you the warmth and the welcome that we're used to giving to Mm -hmm. our patients. But uh, unfortunately, things are going to change. But I think that patients will be fine with that because it's going to be... Well, this is going to be the right same. Right across everything. This is going to be the new normal. Yeah. This is going to be the same when you yeah. go to the bank. It's going to be the same when you go to the the, the, the grocers. This is this is the, the normal. And I think, you know, just like communicating by video is becoming very normal and very easy yeah. for us, or at least we're getting more comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, this sort of, you know, social interaction when we're out in the, in the high street is going to be normal as well. So, yeah, I think I, I this, this is going to be... Um, quite an easy adjustment to make. Yeah. So when you're in the room, there, you know, it's going to be in as far as we can a no-touch clinic. So really, there's not going to be anything for you to touch um, as far as we possibly can make that. And so the what treatment are we doing with is, the, what are we doing with the paperwork? So we we were having some plans with. So yeah, we we need to sort of really think about this because either patients are going to fill it in um, by email, or we may have to resort to using um, iPads that we can put some sort of mm-hmm. protective cover or something on. So there's going yeah. to be a different. There will be, be a different, different feel. feel to it, but it will not yeah. be paper. It will not I be think, folders. Yeah. We've got we've got an electronic um, a paperless system essentially. Yeah. And uh, we do have the facility and we probably will use this or at least trial this. We'll be emailing um, various documents, information forms um, that some patients will have to fill in prior to coming to the clinic. I would request that you do fill them in before you come in. And of course, if we're doing the virtual consultations as well, then we'll have the opportunity to fill in any forms um, at that yep, stage virtually. as well. So that's another option. But when you do come into the clinic, the, something that we're very, very keen on is, is consent. We, we're medical practitioners and consent is really important for us. And consent is something that can't really happen a day or a week before uh, a procedure. Not really. Um, consent is an ongoing process. And we to, historically have asked our patients to sign a consent form just before treatment to say that they understand the potential benefits as well as the potential risks of the treatment. Um, So a a comprehensive understanding of the treatment, why we're doing it, what the outcomes are and what might go wrong and what we will do if anything goes wrong. That has to be clear. And we, at this stage, we don't think that can be done, um, certainly not over an email. We would never email a consent form and say, sign that and that's okay. Uh, Even on a virtual face-to-face consultation via a video link, I still don't think so. So we'll still be doing the consent in the clinic and we just have to work out how we're going to do that um, in terms of you know contact and, and touch. So mm. um, we'll we'll work that out. We know, might we might have a lot mm. of biros, and you can you can 
each Keep be it. given your own bio <laughs> and then you can you can take it with you how about yeah. that well it's, it's an option so you know we're talking through different options and what I said from the beginning was that this has to be versatile and I'm concerned that we're making it sound complex and complicated and onerous for you as patients and that is not ever going to be the case what we're saying is that we are going to make this safe and we're going to make it seamless and easy for you to follow and we will give you clear instructions as to what's expected from you and what we will do to protect you as patients and for our staff as well so it will be really straightforward it will be there will be nothing confusing there will be nothing um arduous about coming into the clinic we will make it clear transparent we will give you clear instructions as to what to do whenever you come into the clinic. Yeah. So at the minute we're talking about things that may or may not happen, but whenever we roll out the plan, it will be really straightforward. There will be a process, it will be clear, we will explain everything. We will make mistakes as we start, but they won't be big mistakes and we'll learn from them, we'll get things running smoothly pretty quickly. This is, this is really not anything uh, terribly new. The process of virtual consultation, um, paperless systems, on uh, online consults, all these things we've, we've been aware of, we've actually been building them very slowly in the background over a period of several years with the view to moving on to it. Um, all that's happened is the current situation has forced us to very rapidly accelerate those process, which honestly is a really good thing because yeah. this is the way we were aiming to go in the next five years or so anyway. Absolutely, it's best for patients. Mm-hmm. So, Well, the reason we do it isn't yeah. to make our lives easier. The reason we do it is to make our patients' life easier, make the flow uh, a simpler. And let's and, and uh, it's it's a really great opportunity. Really, you said silver silver lining. Yeah, it's a silver lining. There are many many silver linings here. We can't be too negative about it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it's not going to be too much longer until we can mm. tentatively open the doors of Clinetics mm. and start seeing patients back again. Um, yesterday, we kind of talked about the concerns of really the first half of the shutdown mm-hmm. um, Simon and myself and I know all the staff even the girls who are furloughed have all been really training a lot Simon and I have been doing virtual conferences we've continued with our teaching and our training and um, we've been doing Instagram live posts with colleagues all over the globe and um, we've been keeping our finger on the pulse with what's happening in different countries so you know we haven't been resting We've been making sure that we're staying, you know, Mm. at the cutting edge of aesthetic medicine and that we come back ready and stronger than even before to offer you the best possible treatments that that you can get in the UK, Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Absolutely. Okay. Let's, that's 20 minutes again. It goes so quickly. Right. Let's call it a day and... Next time, yeah, shall we talk a little bit about? Um, let's talk about how a patient chooses a clinic. Okay. And we're going to talk about learning to play the guitar again. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about how a patient chooses a clinic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>